everybody. Welcome to the Geeketing Podcast. I am here with a very special guest, um, Becca Chen from Tokyopop. Before we go on with the interview questions, I guess just give us a little intro about who you are. Um, sure. So, hi, I'm Becca. I'm an editor at Tokyopop. Um, I am technically the newest editor to join the Tokyopop team. We're a very small team of only three editors. So, oh. you know, um, we all kind of have our, our hands in every pie. <laughs> Oh, well, congratulations. Thanks. Um, I guess before we get into the questions that I had sent you before, I guess what kind of got you into like the publishing industry? Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of always wanted to have something to do with books. I mean, I obviously as a kid kind of wanted to be a writer thinking mm -hmm. that that was like a job people had. <laughs> and then uh, I got to college and I had a bunch of professors who were like, sure, you can try that. Or if you want to be like in the vicinity of books, but not necessarily have a job that's so kind of wishy-washy, um, then you could work in publishing. So, you know, I've kind of, uh, when I was in college, I interned at Marvel Comics. Um, oh, wow. And then from there, I've kind of bounced all around the publishing industry. I worked for a literary agency. I worked for kind of a smaller indie book publishing company. Um, and then I found myself working in marketing somehow because I was just uh, desperate for something else to do. And then of course I found my way back to publishing. So now I'm here at Tokyo Pop and um, it's kind of the perfect combination of the things that I like about publishing yeah and <clears throat> Tokyo Pop itself is a great company to work for because we are kind of so small so mm -hmm. everyone kind of has a voice as opposed to working for you know a much larger corporation yeah. well congratulations that's an awesome story to hear Thanks. um I guess to, to transfer back to Tokyo Pop what exactly is Tokyo Pop for people who may not know who you guys are what what's like your your like what you guys do and who you are Sure. Um, so we have been around for over 25 years now. Um, we basically, our goal was to bring, you know, Japanese manga to an English speaking audience. Um, and a lot of what we do um, is we uh, license titles from other, uh, from Japanese companies and we publish them in English. Um, so a lot of what I do as an editor is take those kind of roughly translated, well, they're not roughly translated, they're pretty yeah. well translated, uh, manga titles and um, kind of make sure that they speak to our audience who may not understand, you know, Japanese customs as well. Um, and we also kind of look for titles that we think you know, uh, our audience specifically would really want to see published here. Um, we specifically publish a lot of romance manga, mm -hmm. um, specifically queer romance manga. Um, we have a whole imprint called Love Love, um, which is kind of really important to our brand, um, where we publish, you know, BL, GL, um, and just kind of all, you know, kinds of diverse uh relationships uh whether they are um you know kind of 
cutesy or if they have a more serious plot line. Mm-hmm. Um, we just kind of like being able to bring those stories to a different audience. Um, but we also publish, you know, uh, original titles. So we work with companies like Disney um, and one of our larger properties that we've worked on is our Nightmare Before Christmas line. Um, so we recently published uh, Nightmare Before Christmas Battle for Pumpkin King, which is uh, originally started as a series of comics and then we published it as a graphic novel and it ended up being a New York Times bestseller, which was pretty crazy. Yay. Yeah, That's <laughs> uh, which we were very excited about. Um, obviously working with Disney is huge and it's a great way to bring manga to kids um and you know getting kids to read in any way shape or form is always great and exciting um and you know we have a bunch of other imprints like we have a comics that matter imprint um we have a uh partnership with noir caesar which publish publishes um bipoc stories um and yeah, I think a lot of what we try to do at Tokyo Pop is, is um, you know, raise up stories that we think are important um, and bring those to a larger audience who may not have found them otherwise. That's awesome. Um, I guess we can jump into like two of your titles um, that <laughs> caught my eye. Um, can you tell us a little bit about why I adopted my husband? Sure. Um so uh, obviously one of the great things about manga and light novels is their titles kind of tell you what, what they're about pretty easily. Um, mm. So this is a true story. It's a memoir um, told by uh, the author Yuta Yagi. And it's a story of how he adopted his husband. Um, so essentially in Japan, because they don't have legal gay marriage, um, their partners aren't recognized as family members by law. So you know, if for some reason your partner ends up in the hospital or if, you know, God forbid they die, um, there's all sorts of things that, you know, prevent you as, since you're not, you know, legally their family, like um, being involved in that process. So let's say, you know, you and your partner um, aren't recognized by your family as together if your partner passes away, um, your partner's family could say you have no right to any of their possessions. Um, so the home that you live in with them could just go away. And, you know, it's, you know, it's heartbreaking. So yeah. there's a big uh, trend. I wouldn't say it's a big trend, but there is a trend in Japan where they have found a legal loophole, which is to say that you can make your partner part of your family by making them either your parent or your child. Yeah. So so Yuta Yagi tells the story of how, you know, he and his partner have lived together for a long time and they're pretty content in their life. And, you know, marriage, the idea of not being married doesn't really um, bother them that much until they realize that they're getting older and, you know, there are these issues that arise as you get older and you have to think about these things. And it it would just be, you know, so tragic if something happened and they weren't able to, you know, be involved in any, you know, process because of legal reasons. So 
Um, it's interesting because the story is told in kind of this cutesy TV. Yeah, I saw the art. The art is so cute. Yeah, it's adorable. And it's yeah. really funny and really kind of honest and heartwarming. And, you know, he just kind of talks about, you know, going to their families and, mm. you know, telling them, you know, uh, Kyoto is his uh, well, husband <laughs> and also yeah. his son, um, that he wants to adopt him and that he'll have to be, you know, removed from his own family register. And, you know, Kyoto has to explain to his family why he won't be, like, buried in the family, like, grave plot and mm. um you know it's like all these kind of serious issues but they talk about it in like a very sweet and funny and honest way um that really just kind of I think when we talked to Yuta we did a brief interview with him um, mm -hmm. we just kind of asked him like why he told the story and he actually started out as a doujinshi author so oh, he wow. would just kind yeah. of yeah publish like short little stories at you know comic conventions um so he actually wrote this story as a doujinshi and just kind of shared it with his friends mm -hmm. um as a way to just sort of like explain their lives to them um and just kind of like the media that he was comfortable with and after a while, he kind of realized that it would be nice if the story could reach more people and it was like picked up by a publisher. Um, so I think you can tell like from the tone that it's kind of uh, like just somebody speaking to someone like they would a friend. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why it's so appealing to readers is you really feel like, you know, they're trying to involve you in their lives and you know they're not hiding anything they even show you like the paperwork you have to fill out oh, wow. if you want to like adopt um someone in Japan um and yeah I think it was like really important to us to publish this story because I think if you said something like the, just the sentence why I adopted my husband to someone like in America they would be kind of baffled and yeah. unsure about what yeah. that even means and why on earth would you do that um and I feel like the story just does a great job of explaining like why someone would do that yeah um, and it's, it's definitely bringing like awareness to something that people may not know what's actually going on yeah absolutely yeah. I mean I think especially as we're a company that publishes a lot of like queer romance stories mm -hmm. it's nice to be able to you know say we also have you know, these true stories from people that are really living this experience in Japan. Um, and here's something that real queer people are doing to, you know, make sure that they have, you know, rights. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that was something that we we really wanted to um, to publish. Awesome. And then I guess the next title, um, tell, tell us about At 30, I Realized I Had No Gender. Sure. So uh, at 30, I realized I had no gender is a story by an author called Sho Arai. And Sho was born intersex, but assigned female at birth. Um, but Sho actually did not realize that he, in 
So he uses he, him pronouns. Mm -hmm. Um, In the story, he kind of explains like he's kind of non-binary, but there's not really a way to be non-binary in Japan, like because Mm -hmm. everything is so gendered. So he kind of feels more like a he, him than anything else. Yeah. So um, it he kind of just talks about how he grew up, you know, after being assigned female at birth and until he was in his thirties, he just kind of went along with what he was told his gender was. Um, And then he actually got the medical diagnosis saying that he was intersex and he was basically like, okay, so gender is fake. (laughs) And um, he just kind of decided to be true to himself finally and decided to live as, you know, a man, but also just kind of a non-binary person in Japan. Mm -hmm. Um, And he tells the story um, kind of similarly to why I adopted my husband in this kind of like cutesy chibi art style Mm -hmm. um and it's very interesting because he's telling a story now from his 50s um where he kind of talks about how he wishes that he had kind of known himself sooner so that he could have these experiences of being you know a, a boy in his teens and 20s um and you know like dating and just like all of these life experiences that he didn't get to have because he was so busy you know trying to fit into what you know society told him that he was um and he also tells some stories about you know him and his younger boyfriend that he lives with and just kind of tells a story of growing older as you know, a queer person in Japan, um, they do kind of Q&As and they tell stories of conversations with other queer people in Japan and other couples in Japan. Um, And it's another like very honest telling of what life is like. Um, There's even just sections of uh, trying to help uh, another trans person figure out how they can achieve the uh, facial hair Mm -hmm. so that they can appear to have facial hair. Um, And yeah, I think the story is just like a very honest, funny, clever telling of, you know, this person's life as, you know, a queer person in Japan, um, a trans person in Japan. It's a story you don't really hear about. And yeah, he doesn't really hold anything back. He's like Mm -hmm. very honest. You know, they talk about, you know, his body and his partner's body and, you know, what it feels like to be getting older. Um, And yeah, I think it's another, this is another title from our Comics That Matter imprint. Um, The two of them we kind of published around the same time um, because we are kind of pushing this new imprint to say, you know, these are things that we want to, you know, search for in the future. And we want to publish more of, um, they're really important. And I think that when you read them, you kind of walk away feeling like 
maybe you don't, obviously you're never going to know what it's like being that person, but they, they definitely tell, tell you their stories in ways that are believable and interesting and funny and like, you know, the way you would talk to a friend, um, yeah. which makes them, I think, really, really great stories. Um, before we get into the comics that matter section where I have a little mm-hmm. questions about that. Um, thank you guys for publishing such awesome stories because honestly, it's like it's really impactful to see like bigger companies like push out this this stories, especially mm-hmm. stuff that it's like, you know, it's something that people will read and might be able to relate to as opposed to something that's like over dramatized, like some stories that aren't really realistic. So I just want to thank you guys for publishing such uh, like awesome stuff. Like that's actually really, thank really you. inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I of think- course. You know, there's definitely in publishing, especially manga publishing, there's always, you know, this kind of search for what is like trending and, you know, what's going to sell well. But I think it's also really important to have, you know, stories like these, even if, you know, only like one person buys it, you know, at least that person who bought it got to experience it and maybe found something that really resonated with them yeah yeah so that's awesome so I guess tell us a little bit about Tokyo Pops comics that matter we kind of jumped into it a little bit but I guess just like the brief explanation of what comics that matter is yeah so I think that um you know as a company we're always kind of searching for stories that might not get told if you know, you know, someone else doesn't pick them up. So these are kind of our, our stories along that line, where that maybe doesn't fit in with our other properties that we're publishing. Obviously, we have like our love, love line. um, But that's, you know, fictional stories. And, you know, we have a place for, you know, our Disney manga and our, you know, original titles. So we really wanted to get uh, an imprint where we could highlight stories of not, they're not necessarily all nonfiction because we do have um some fictional stories mm-hmm. um but it's just a place for us to highlight titles that we think are really important and they are um titles that we just kind of want to push our audience to like give a shot at reading um or they may not have read them before, just because we think that they are telling really important stories. Um, so yeah, these two, uh, why I adopted my husband and at 30, I realized I had no gender are both two stories that, you know, may not have been told otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. And we really wanted to, to pick them up and, you know, get our audience um, interested in, in hearing those, these stories. Um, it's a pretty small imprint at this point. We just kind of started it last year. Um, but yeah, we're always searching for, you know, stories of, you know, honest, you know, people telling their life story um, in a unique way. And yeah, I think that we're excited to build on this imprint um, now that we've kind of got it established and these these titles are kind of a great starting point for people to, um, to yeah, to explore, to explore more titles in the imprint. Congratulations. I know that being out for like a year, that's awesome. It's just some really great stuff that I'm seeing you guys publishing for, especially for those like two that we talked about. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's something that you definitely don't hear from a lot of like companies. So like, again, thank you for what you guys do, um, bringing awareness to stories like these. Um, and I guess my final question for you, I'm going to combine mm-hmm. two is like, what is Tokyo Pop working on in 2024? And I guess where can people go to support you guys? Yeah, so um, I think 2024, we are really just kind of hoping to, you know, increase the amount of titles that we're publishing, but, you know, obviously without losing quality, because, you know, a lot of what I think our fans look to us for is that we put a lot of effort into each of our titles. Um, You know, we're a smaller company, so obviously we publish less titles each year than the larger companies, but we're really passionate about each of the books that we put out. Um, We're not just kind of publishing things to publish them. We're really putting a lot of effort into all of them. So we're hoping to obviously get more titles out, but while keeping that kind of Tokyo pop quality that people know us for, um, we have some great plans for original titles coming, um, obviously publishing more of our, Love, Love, which we recently rebranded. Um, and yeah, we're hoping to kind of increase our presence more at events and conventions, like the panel that I was at. Mm-hmm. Um, we were at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, and yeah, in 2024, we are hoping to publish some light novels, um, which it'll be our first time moving into that oh, awesome. genre. Um but yeah, I mean, obviously can't give too much away, but of course, of course, <laughs> yeah, I, think... I say, but NDAs and all that stuff don't, <laughs> so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say too much, but I will say, I think it's going to be an exciting year um, for us. And I hope that people will keep kind of supporting us and um, buying our, our books. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on to talk with us all about what you guys do and congratulations on everything that you are all doing. It's amazing stuff that you are putting out and I'm super excited to see where you guys go. Um, even outside of 2024, where you will be in like 2030 and all of that stuff. I'm super excited for everything Tokyo pop related. And thank you again for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Um, really excited that you reached out. Um, always, always happy to jump on if you ever want to do another interview. Absolutely. Um, I will definitely contact you about that again. <laughs> great. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Um, if if you want to check out everything that they have going on, everything will be linked down below. Um, so you can check out. Maybe you'll find a title that you you want and purchase it. Or maybe you will find something you want to read later on in the day. But just definitely check out everything that Tokyo Pop has going on. And thank you again for listening. Until next time. Bye. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Geeking Podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, check us out at allagesgeek.com. And if you want to support us more, check us out at patreon.com slash allagesageek. Thank you again for listening to the Geekening Podcast.